Hey guys, welcome to Going Past the Veil. We are your travel guides, Taylor and Cassie. I'm Taylor. And I'm Cassie. We are so excited to invite you along on this adventure. Just a few announcements before we get going. Please get linked up to our Insta. You'll be able to get up-to-date information regarding our episodes, including what the next one will be about. Also, we'd love to feature your stories in some of our episodes. So if you have any stories you would like to share regarding ghosts, encounters, or theories, we would love to hear them. You can also email us any suggestions and ideas for the podcast to goingpasttheveil at gmail.com. Hey guys, just a quick disclaimer before we get started. We understand the severity of this case, and we would like to offer our condolences to all parties involved. We'd also like to apologize if we say Elisa Lamb's name incorrectly, as we've heard it a couple different ways. We'd also like to say that this episode is not for the faint of heart. We will be discussing the graphic history of the Cecil Hotel, which includes suicides and self-harm. Thank you for your patience. Oh man, today's episode gives me chills every time I think about it. An unsolved death, mysterious circumstances, several different theories, starting from a serial killer all the way to a different dimension. And if you haven't guessed by reading the title, we are talking about the death of Elisa Lamb. A sad tragedy, no matter what way you look at it. Because trust me, there's a lot of ways to look at it. A little backstory on her. She was a 21-year-old student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. She was traveling alone, which her family had protested against, and as a compromise, she made sure to check in with her parents every day of the trip to let them know she was safe, which is why it struck her parents as odd when they didn't hear from her on January 31st, the day that she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil Hotel. Her parents eventually contacted the Los Angeles Police Department. The police searched the premises of the Cecil, but couldn't find her. She was bipolar and heavily medicated. We will discuss the toxicology report later. She was eventually found in the water tank on the roof of the Cecil Hotel in L.A., California on February 19, 2013, which, according to the hotel staff, should have been impossible. All four tanks are four by eight foot cylinders propped up on concrete blocks, and there's no fixed access to them, and the hotel workers had to use a ladder to look at the water. They are also protected by heavy lids that could be difficult to replace from inside the tank. The last time she was seen was on elevator footage caught on February 1st. Here's a quote from the NBC LA reporter Lolita Lopez. In 22 years plus of doing this job as a news reporter, this is one of those cases that kind of sticks with me because we know the who, what, when, where, but the why is always the question. Let's dig into the history of the hotel a little bit, shall we? The Cecil Hotel was built in 1927, and since opening its doors, there have been 16 different non-natural deaths. Here are just a few of the tragic deaths that took place at the Cecil Hotel. Army Sergeant Louis D. Borden slashed his throat with a razor. Ooh. Roy Thompson of the Marine Corps jumped from the top of the Cecil Hotel and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. This next one gets me. 19-year-old Dorothy Purcell woke up in the middle of the night with stomach pains while she was staying at the Cecil with her lover. She went to the bathroom so she wouldn't disturb him, and to her complete shock, gave birth to a baby boy. She had no idea she was even pregnant. 
Mistakenly thinking the newborn was dead, she threw the baby out of the window and onto the roof of the building next door. At her trial, she was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity, and she was admitted to a hospital for psychiatric treatment. How how do you mistake? Oh my goodness. Two things. How do you know you're not pregnant? And how do you know if the baby's alive or not? Like, it's either going to breathe and cry or it's not. Like, I have no clue how you you are that confused that you go, oh, okay. This baby no, there's the baby gone. there. Yeah. like <laughs> Where'd that come from? And then it's like that show. There not there a show that's, that's something about being pregnant and you didn't know it or something? I think there is, yeah. And so I just don't understand how so many women don't know, except I did have a friend and she didn't know she was pregnant until she gave birth, or so she said, but how do you not know that you're not pregnant i had an aunt that um she knew she was pregnant but the way the like the baby sat was so far back that she never looked pregnant like she was able to keep like six pack abs and was perfectly fine through the entire pregnancy i guess it depends on your body type but i feel like that's super rare okay but that still doesn't explain i mean so i have i've had two babies and they kick a lot and you get so much pain at one point that you can't even sleep in the middle of the night. You're peeing all the time. You're throwing up. Well, okay. Not everybody gets the morning sickness or all day sickness, but I mean, there's so many other symptoms that you get while pregnant that it does not make sense to me that somebody doesn't realize it. Yeah. I have no idea. It's horrible. I feel sorry for her and I feel sorry for the baby. It's just, Okay, so I know I'm going to ask a really dumb question, but the baby didn't survive, correct? It didn't say anything one way or the other, but I'm assuming it didn't. Oh, man. Horrible. Now, the most famous death associated with the hotel was the 1947 murder of actress Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia, who was last seen drinking at the hotel bar with her sister, Virginia, in the days before her murder. The Cecil Hotel has also hosted some of the country's most notorious serial killers. In 1985, Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, lived on the top floor of the hotel during his monstrous killing spree, during which he killed 13 women. He also happened to be a satanic worshiper. In 1991, Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger, who strangled prostitutes with her own bras, also called this hotel home. He was charged with 11 homicides, but only found guilty for nine. He then committed suicide in June of 1994. According to some, she may have been playing the elevator game. What is the elevator game, you ask? It sounds scary. (laughs) It is. The elevator game is a ritual that will bring you to another world. I just want to tell everybody listening right now um, that you probably shouldn't play this game. So... That's my two cents for the episode. Have fun. Go ahead. We we do highly suggest playing this game at your own peril. Or not playing at all. Yes. This game originated in Japan and South Korea. Basically, you get on an elevator in a building with at least 10 floors, hit a series of floor numbers, and at the end, you get off in an alternate dimension. If you just Google it, you can get the full list of rules and steps, but I just didn't want to go through it all here. But bringing us back to Lamb, she was hitting several buttons, looked like she was talking to someone you cannot see on screen, and was later found dead under mysterious circumstances. 
-hmm. Real quick, I do want to discuss a few things about the toxicology report. Official cause of death is drowning. No trauma, no internal injuries. But there was a lot of stuff written and then scratched out and rewritten, and that just seemed really sketchy to me. Mm-hmm. I have a few quotes directly from the report. One, a complete autopsy examination showed no evidence of trauma and toxicology studies did not show acute drug or alcohol intoxication. Two, police investigation did not show evidence of foul play. And three, a full review of the circumstances of the case and appropriate consultation do not support intent to harm oneself. The manner of death is classified as an accident. So, guys, as you know, I usually go more of the conspiracy route when it comes to my theories, but I'm going to kind of rein it in today. On February 13th, when they discovered her lifeless body, they noticed that the latch to the water tank was unhooked. Officially, like Cassie said, the death was ruled an accidental drowning. However, there's a couple other underlying issues with that that make me wonder if that's true or not. Elisa Lamb was a full-time college student and also a self-proclaimed blogger. She had a Tumblr page that she quoted, You're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life by Chuck Palahniuk. And guys, if I mispronounced his name, I do apologize. The blog that she had had items that were portraying feminism along with the classic novels. In fact, she continued to blog daily while she was at the Cecil Hotel. While blogging, she mentioned losing her phone at a speakeasy, being approached several times by aggressive men, and she regularly traveled on local transportation, which could have made her a target, especially in the location she was at. It was not an area known for its safety. But let's back up a little bit. Why the Cecil Hotel? So Cassie, you've gone on quite a few more vacations than I have, and when you've gone, you've done your research, right, on the places that you're going? especially hotels or areas you're going to be in? Uh, I look at the reviews. You look at the reviews. Okay. Tony and I are going to a cabin in October. And that's literally the first thing I did when I found this cabin was look at its reviews because one, I don't want a bear coming inside my cabin somehow. And I don't wanna... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm serious. There's a patio deck that is completely secluded and it's got a hot tub. And I'm afraid that the hot tub is going to have like a bear in it when we get there or something. So I wanted to make sure that hadn't happened to anybody who stayed at that hotel or at that cabin. Also, I don't want a serial killer to be there. So I wanted to make sure that there hadn't been any prior deaths at this cabin. But that's the thing. We did our research, right? Right. And so my question is, why would she pick a hotel that had such a sketchy history? Now, I know that there could be a couple of reasonable explanations. One being... She's a college kid, and she doesn't have a lot of funds to be able to spend on a more upscale hotel. And because of the hotel's history, the room rates were extremely low. It could have been a great way for her to be able to afford a little getaway. Because like I said, who else is going to stay at that hotel unless maybe you're trying to hunt ghosts? So my first <laughs> thought was, my first thought is there's a lot of college kids there. Um, another path we can kind of go down and I know that this is going to be a little bit of a trigger for people, but there was a possibility that she was suicidal or that she had a manic episode or a panic attack. The reason I say this is she was under a lot of stress. 
And she openly discussed her mental health on her blog, which I'm going to do a side note here for a second, guys. But I say good for her to have had the courage to really talk about her mental health because it is such a taboo subject and it is something that people feel ashamed to talk about if they have mental health issues or anxiety or anything of that nature. So I just want to go ahead and say that, that I am just so, it's just, it's good to see somebody talking more about it. Absolutely. I know, yeah. And I do know that we are becoming more of an accepting society when it comes to mental health, but we should have already been that type of society. So kudos for anybody who talks openly about that. I have a lot of anxiety issues and that's something that I'm learning to be more open about. I just wanted to put that out there for anybody, especially because we need to be, we need to be able to offer our ear to others who need us and can talk about that. So anyways, I'm sorry. That was my side note for that particular subject. She did openly discuss her mental health issues. She was bipolar and she was on four different medications, an antidepressant, an anticonvulsant, an anti-epileptic, and a mood stabilizer. All of these medications do have side effects. One of the side effects could be that you could have suicidal thoughts. However, it seems that she may not have had the traces of the medication during this time. Moving on, Lamb was in a shared room while she was staying at the Cecil, which again could have contributed to the lower cost for her being there. She did have to move to a private room the day of her disappearance because the roommates that shared the room with her stated she was displaying some odd behaviors, which I need somebody to explain to me how on earth the roommates were never interviewed, or if they were, why there's no public knowledge of it, because I cannot find anything that describes the type of behaviors that she was having for one and two who the roommates were did they hang out with her more often or did they just randomly meet her and go wow this girl has some really weird things going on like there's just there's nothing makes me wonder is this when she started to have the possible breakdown or was it just now being noticed by others yeah because i had done some research to trying to figure out like what those behaviors were and i feel mm -hmm. like after this became such a huge thing that those roommates would have come out and given their own like testimonies and i couldn't find anything about nothing. it nothing about it and my thought is and this is going to sound a little bit cruel but a lot of people want their 15 minutes of fame but nobody stepped up and said, yep, I was that roommate. Let me tell you what was going on. Nothing. There was nothing. So yeah. I just think that's so, so incredibly odd. And it does make me kind of, I don't know. It makes me go, okay, well, wait, maybe something else kind of sinister was going on there. I don't know. That's a whole different, I'll go into that in a second. I just, again, somebody needs to explain to me why they were not interviewed. I, I don't understand. Now... We discussed the elevator video a little bit earlier, and this seems to be the backup that some people need to support that she was having some sort of mental breakdown. You know, she was kind of going in and out of the elevator. She was kind of hiding in the corner. She was um, pressing buttons, and she kept, it kind of looked like she was either like jumping out of the elevator to scare somebody, or that maybe she was looking for somebody or waiting for somebody. She was just having a lot of, different behaviors that I have seen some people on the Reddit form that will have linked in the description. Some people who have bipolar disorder say that this sometimes when they're having an episode, this is sometimes how they act. But then I've also seen people say that the elevator video is sped up. And if you slow it down, 
to the normal rate that it should be at, it looks more like normal behaviors. Like again, she's waiting for somebody or she's wondering why the elevator door isn't closing or she's pressing a button to get the elevator to work, which again, why does the elevator door not close in the four yeah. minute video? <laughs> like it doesn't close. That's a little iffy to me. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason I don't go more towards, um, yeah, there's something paranormal happening is because I'm in a basement, it's at night, the lights are off, and it's actually raining right now where I'm at. I think I want to stay away from the paranormal idea there, because I'm scared. But I mean, there's, like I said, there's a couple different theories with that. Then we have to discuss how did she actually get to the roof. Here is my thought. So the hotel was crappy, right? <laughs> like, it was just not well kept from what the reports show. Mm -hmm. And so my thought is somebody didn't lock the door. At least that's what I think because I have had, um, I did see in a report, which I believe we again will have linked below, but somebody said that they've seen college kids there up on the roof, drinking, getting high, partying, whatever you want to say that, that it was accessible. I'm thinking that somebody just didn't lock the door and she was going through some sort of episode panic attack a breakdown something and so she got up on the roof she climbed in there and she drowned and it's a horrible horrible thing but i i really do lean more towards that again it could be completely because i'm in the basement and i'm scared i just i don't know if i can believe it's something paranormal but if it is paranormal so i don't know so again it could be just as simple as that that she got up there and she drowned Although, as we were researching this, we did come across something a little crazy that I may have ran up the stairs and told my husband that I solved this case. But another thing we did stumble across that I'm just kind of, I don't know, does make me question my original thought. So in 2009, a company came out with TB testing kits. And for those of you that don't know what TB stands for, it's short for tuberculosis, and that's a bacteria that usually attacks the lungs and it can damage other parts of the body. Now, TB spreads through the air when a person with it coughs, sneezes, or talks. It's a pretty serious infectious bacterial disease, and it normally just attacks the lungs. So this company came out with a kit to test for that, and the testing kits were called LAM-ELISA. Now, it's exactly the same spelling as lamb. It is kind of crazy. Now, after Elisa was found, there was an outbreak of tuberculosis on Skid Row. And it's very, very coincidental. And they did use the TB kits, lamb-Elisa. It's just so weird. It's just very convenient that there's an outbreak after she passes away. And the kits that are being used are the kits that literally have her name. So this kind of made me dig in deeper. So Cassie, when I was talking to you the other day about this case, do you remember how I told you that apparently it wasn't the first time that uh, that she had gone missing mm -hmm. for a short amount of time? So I wanted to dig in deeper into that fact and find out what what exactly happened the first time she went missing. Guys, I can't find anything about it. And what's even crazier is I can't find anything about her being younger I can't find more than a few pictures of this girl. 
I can't find anything. And even on her blog, she doesn't post pictures of herself. Rarely. It's so strange and so weird that I'm just kind of like, could there be something going on? You know, was this like a marketing attempt or I just, I don't know. Something is kind of crazy because then when you think, okay, there's an outbreak, let me type in, you know, tuberculosis in this area, Elisa Lamb's name is going to come up and then bam, it'll also bring up the testing kits. I just feel like something. Yeah, that does seem really weird, especially it being like she was super open about her mental health and she was super open on her blog and that she kept it updated very often. And then suddenly you can't find anything on her before. I I really cannot find too much about her beforehand. Now, I've never really been able to look at her actual Tumblr site. Um, So out of curiosity, I looked up her Facebook and... There's very little. It's just like life events where started school in September 2005, started secondary school 2009, started at University of British Columbia in 2010. Then there was a started a job and then left the job in January 2013. So I feel like she probably left this job as she was going on her trip. But I don't know if it's like she put in the dates that she was going to be at school ahead of time. Or, or someone is messing with her Facebook. But it, right here in 2017, it shows that she left University of British Columbia. So that she actually left. So does she, does she drop out? No, this says that she did that in 2016, which would have been three years after her death. So either what? she put... Yeah, so either she put in those dates and it just like automatically like said that she was done there... Or somebody's messing with her Facebook. Either way, it's kind of weird. Okay, but if somebody is, it could be the same person that I found out that somebody had been updating her Tumblr account as well. Hmm. And then her intro on Facebook is these things, those things. There are many things. Oh, okay. That's really creepy, too. Okay, but let's see her friends. Oh, no friends to show, but she might have had it really locked up. Yeah, it did show on her timeline the post that says left University of British Columbia. There's a few people who commented on it saying, hello, hey, how are you? All I can say is I hope it turns out you were okay. There's just not a lot of... There's just no information. There's no real information about her besides her death. And even then, most of that information is questionable. I don't know. That's what I'm saying, guys. It's really creepy. There's just no, there's just no information about her beforehand. I feel like that's really easy for us to look up and say, okay, yeah, she, you know, she did go missing. This is what happened when she went missing or, you know, and, and I know people are private, but I just feel like. To just completely not exist before your death, it just doesn't. And we mean no harm, especially, you know, we're just, we're theorizing this could totally be completely, you know, incorrect, but this is just from what we see. We're not finding a lot of information about her. So that particular theory about the tuberculosis thing could potentially have some footing. Mm-hmm. Although, again, I still go back to it, it really could be a very tragic and unfortunate mistake, you know? I do. I I have a couple questions, though. Who was she hiding from? I mean, you watch the video. 
And there were multiple times where she's like huddled in the corner and look like looks like she's trying to hide from somebody. And then at one point she's standing outside the elevator and it looks like she's gesturing her hands and talking to someone. Who was that? Why were they never on camera? So, okay, I had a thought. Could it potentially have been the roommates that she had been sharing the room with at first? Maybe. Maybe she saw them and was messing around with them. But also, I want to point out, too, that she, when she was found in the water tank, her she was found naked. Her clothes were floating there, and they had kind of, like, a sandy, pebbly um, feel to them. And it was also in her hair. I want to say this. Cassie and I, we were talking again about this case the other day, and... We were trying to figure out what that substance could be from. I think I found something that could tell us what it could be. So on top of the roof, they have gravel. Okay. Somebody had said because there was a lot of partying up there, maybe she got up there. She might have been, like I said, having an episode or maybe she had taken something that we just weren't able to pull from a toxicology report, especially because there was a lot of scratching off and doing some crazy stuff on there. But maybe could there possibly, you know, and this is a very, 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 very big trigger warning right here. Some people say it's possible that she was raped. And that's why she had the sand in her hair, the pebbles in her hair, and all over her clothes. And why she was in the tank naked. Correct. So some people theorize that, you know, unfortunately she may have been raped and then put in the tank. I just... I don't know because some of the injuries that she did have towards her bottom area could have been due to the bloating of being in the water for so long. So Mm -hmm. it's really something that's difficult to pinpoint. And again, I think that's why that quote that you said earlier um, from the investigator, I think it's crazy because we don't know the why. Some people said that this case is just one of those big cases because a lot of people can do a lot of internet sleuthing for it you know it's something that's easy for us to kind of follow along with and say oh well this is what I think happened or this is how something happened there's just there's so many ways that this could have gone again there's a paranormal aspect to it could she have been playing the elevator game and maybe entered a different dimension and so the reason she was looking like she had odd behaviors is because she was seeing past the veil there could be that potential possibility. There could be the possibility of she was hiding from somebody because I believe somebody said that the video does cut out and then comes back on. So could a portion of that video have been deleted? Yeah, I've read that in a few places as well where people have said that the video was edited. It was messed with by the police before it was allowed to the public. Right, it's... It's just one of those cases that I think will always baffle me. I just, I Yeah. And if you do believe in the more paranormal aspect of it, another piece of the elevator game has to do with on a certain floor, a woman will join you on the elevator and it is imperative that you do not talk to her. Don't, don't look do at her. <laughs> don't look at her. Don't talk to her. Don't don't acknowledge her. If she says anything to you, pretend you didn't hear it. I like if she were playing this game, what if she made the mistake of talking to her? Because once you do, she may then decide that you belong to her 
And nope. at that point on, <laughs> you're screwed. Nope, ain't gonna happen. See, this is where me being claustrophobic and not getting on elevators saves my life. Right there. I'm telling you because I'm not doing it. You would not yeah. be able to get me to stay on the elevator long enough to play that game or any no, game. Because it like there is a long list of number combinations that you have to do on each floor and it is it's like kind of complicated and leaves so many open places for mistakes well and, and exactly it has too many ways for you to make an error and end up really screwed so yeah. i don't think so not for me but thank you <laughs> like, no, thank not you that. and i mean i do believe in paranormal things but i just that's something that i don't want to ever uh what's the word here i don't want to ever play i don't want to dabble in that i don't want to dabble in it and it ain't gonna happen for me sister uh-uh i feel like the elevator game for me is on the same level of ouija boards oh, like God. i don't want anything to do with it don't bring it in my house don't no. don't bring it anywhere to me don't do anything near me if I come to your house, anybody, and you tell me you have a Ouija board, I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm like, out. I, I don't mess with that. Nope, and that like, you know what? I'll see you later, bro. It was really nice being your friend. But <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. And after reading about the elevator game and reading some of other people's experiences with it, it's the same level of nope. The same level of nope. Ain't happening. You know, I just, I can't do it. And I keep going back to the story that your mom told us when we were younger to make sure that we would never play with the Ouija board. Do you remember that story? I think I know the one you're talking about where I, one of her brothers brought one in and messed with it. And then her mom did everything she could to try to destroy it. And it just never, yep, yep, it was never damaged. It was perfectly fine. They would set it on fire and no burn marks. They would try to break it in half with like sledgehammers and it wouldn't happen. And then it would just like show up in the living room again the next day. Like, no, not happening, sister. Ouija boards freak me out. I've got tinglys all over now. I know. I know. I've got goosebumps, too. So can we move past the Ouija board conversation? <laughs> not that we judge anybody that has one, but we're scared and we don't want to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's really scary <laughs> and more power to you if you feel safe doing it. But please be careful. Please be very, very careful. Yes. Yes. And again, nope, that's just it. Please be careful. <laughs> like that's, that's, <laughs> that's the gist of it, that portion of it. Going back to the case, I don't think, I mean, I don't think this is something that will ever, ever be solved. You know, I just don't think there's enough evidence. I don't think there's enough to tell yeah, us. Yeah, there's not. Happened. Like, I feel like the police have moved on and like, professionally they're like yep it's closed we're done to the people reading it to the people learning about it to her family to her friends there's just too much that doesn't make sense and i'm so sorry for that because i could never i just couldn't imagine that you know i, no, I feel like i would never be able to really move on or rest yeah you, you just you can't and you know my whole other consideration of all of this was why did she travel alone because she came from Canada to a whole nother, you know, country by herself. And again, I tried to look up to find out why. Did she did she used to travel here as a kid? Did she know things? Did she know people here? I can't find anything. 
it's like she didn't exist before this it's crazy it is honestly scary and then when i tried to look up her tumblr i went to a page and it said oh here's her tumblr click here and then it's like kind of weird that you're looking up somebody that has died possibly by a murderer i'm like oh yep yep (laughs) you just got judged by tumblr i did i did and it's okay i understand I understand. But then I also think how many other people go to that? A lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so sad because I really do think about her family. And I know that they did sue the hotel for wrongful death. Yeah, I did see that. I'd have to look it up again. But it, it was a long process of them and the hotel fighting back and forth. So, I mean, that's kind of like, those poor <sighs> yeah. Because then you don't, I mean... That's so sad. That is really sad. It really is. Because it's like, I do kind of feel like it should have counted as a negligence case. Because if she had gotten up there and done all this herself, that means there were some safety protocols that were not properly followed by the staff. And that's what they're saying is there weren't any previous incidents. So that's probably why the judge went ahead and dismissed it Mm. i feel like i don't think the tank like i said the tank wasn't completely latched when the person found her it obviously somebody had been up there before and gotten up on the roof for one because like i said some people have said that they had seen college kids up there getting high drinking you know it's it's a party spot it's not unreasonable to think that it was left unlocked Mm-hmm. So it's an unfortunate mistake, and it's very sad. Well, this hotel has seen so much death and carnage in the last 93 years. I'm surprised there hasn't been more paranormal events reported over the years, being as a lot of the deaths were suicides and violent. It's, yeah. How did, oh, man, that's that's a really deep, scary history for a hotel. It really it, is. It, it. I don't know how they're still in business. It's insane. Because there are people like me who are super intrigued by that. Like the thought of, hey, if I go there, I could sleep in the same room as the Night Stalker and stuff like that. And there are like a bunch of people out there who are really into the darker side of history. Yeah. Yeah. And see, and I like that to an extent. I'm great during the daytime talking about that, but I don't know if I could stay there at night well get yourself prepared for our night investigation of the lemp mansion oh are we telling people about this now we're hoping to be able to go because we um are from st louis missouri and so we're hoping to go visit the lemp mansion and do an investigation there and record our podcast and actually record video as well to show you guys it has a lot of history a lot of ghost hunters go there i went there you can actually go there for brunch and things of that nature and i went there one time there's a a lady lavender everything she had smelled like lavender was purple she has the lavender room which i love purple so i was super excited about it but while we were eating brunch i had this whiff of lavender just go past me which I mean, okay, could have been something in the air circulating, but it creeped me out. 
You know, the Lemp Mansion is going to have to be an entire podcast entirely on its own, including our visit and investigation and everything, because they do have such a detailed history. Oh, it is insane. It is going to be good. It is going to be good. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about that. That will be coming up in the future. So woohoo. So guys, like I said in the beginning, there are so many different theories on what happened. And we'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this. What do you think happened? Do you think it was paranormal? Do you think it was a freak accident? Do you think maybe she was having a breakdown? We'd love to hear it. So just, you know, go over to our Insta. If you're in our Facebook group, wonderful. Let us know what you think. If you want to be in our Facebook group, let us know. We'll get you hooked in there. And then Cassie, I think it's time. Dun, dun, dun. For the Gemini horoscope today. Your sensitivity will be greatly appreciated today, and you'll find that there is a great grounding force that will help balance your extreme emotions. Try not to be too stubborn, especially with things having to do with love and beauty. A fixed attitude will most likely run into a great deal of opposition. If a certain someone gets uptight, you'll have a difficult time getting your point across. And for Scorpio, you may need to slow down a bit after the hectic pace of the last couple days. It's essential that you take a more reserved and sensitive approach, especially with matters having to do with the heart. Try to ground and center yourself. Instead of thinking about conquering someone, try simply sitting back and receiving their appreciation and affection. I do like to be appreciated. And I do like affection. So yeah, she, it was her birthday. I have a three-year-old, guys. I have a three-year-old. I'm sad. Tony says no more babies. Yeah, I, it was kind of hectic. We did everything we could to maintain, you know, social distances. And we didn't have like a big birthday party like we normally do for her. But it still seemed like it was very exhausting. So Mm -hmm. I did kind of uh, take it easy today and, and just kind of did my work and hung out in my office. I didn't even bother my coworkers that much today. What? I know. Usually I go and I talk their ear off, but not today. All right. Well, those are our horoscopes for today, guys. So by the time this comes out, it's July 20th. And if you had heard our first podcast, then you know we talked about the end of the world. Technically, it was theorized that June 21st of 2020 was going to be the last day because I don't know if you guys remember, but technically we were supposed to be in 2012 because we lost eight years. If you're confused, just go back and listen to the other podcast and straighten it up for you. Exactly. I probably sound very confusing. But for those of you that did and did your homework, great job. We were supposed to, uh, Sunday was supposed to be the last day. and uh, We survived. We did. I almost texted you that this morning and was like, hey, Cassie, we're alive. But (laughs) We made it. (laughs) But then I got to work. It got very, very crazy. So I didn't get to do that. So that's kind of, I just wanted to point that out to everybody. So good job. Good job. We're here. We're making it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, thanks for listening to another one of our podcasts. Again, we just, we really enjoy doing this and we're thankful that you guys listen to us. So thanks guys. And we will see you all next week. Travel safe.